Welcome to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends, part of my journey of faith ministries. I'm Carissa Hardage, and I'm excited to have you join me each week as I chat with friends about the ups and downs of their journeys of faith. You'll become familiar with voices such as Shelley Chandler, Sarah Here, Rebecca Bean, and more. And you will also hear from stories of women who have experienced victories and struggles, but continue to trust God on their journeys. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, we were never meant to do life alone. So join us each week for a little bit of encouragement and for strategies to help each other navigate as we continue on the journey together. friends, it's Carissa here. Thank you for joining me today on The Journey. As you know, this is our podcast, On The Journey with Carissa and Friends. And it has just been, you know, last week I did a quick check-in because we've been doing this for six months. And I can't tell you how much fun I get to have basically talking to people that I care about, people that mean something to me and people that I've had relationships with and who I have gotten the opportunity to watch live incredible stories in their lives. And today's guest is absolutely no exception. Um, Maybe up there in my top five favorite people in the world. Um, One of my best and dearest and closest friends. My guest today is Stephanie Cole. Hi, Steph. Hey, sis. So I'm here with Stephanie. Stephanie is a really good friend of mine, and there's so many reasons why I wanted to podcast with her. But I get the opportunity this weekend with my husband and family, because our families are good friends, which I think is not always super common. That yes, not so only neat. are you my friend, but our husbands are super tight. Our kids, our kids like each other. It's just ah. yes, and they actually are in harmony. Like they play together I know, so right? well. Like, it's awesome. It is awesome. And so, and they're not. It's a blessing for sure. They're flawed and <laughs> sneaky little suckers sometimes, as we discover every time we're together. Yeah, definitely not perfection, but you know, we can. But they we can just say they play off of each other's weaknesses, but they also play off each other's strengths, That's right. which is a lot of friendship. A hundred percent. I yeah. totally agree. So I'm so excited today. To we spent the weekend over Fourth of July with Matt and Stephanie Cole, and um, Steph, you've written for. The magazine, you've shared your story multiple times yes. because it, you, your story is so, there's at least one event throughout your lives that's going to relate to somebody because you've had so many experiences. That's what I was going to say. I think my story has evolved so much since even the first time I shared my story. Oh, for sure. Remember the first time I got on stage and shared my story, like I hadn't even experienced half of yeah. what I've experienced now. Well, the first time you ever wrote... Was when you lost your mom. Yeah, it was when I lost my mom. That's yeah. that was what gave me the courage to share my story for the first time on stage. Why do you think that mattered? Why do you think? Mom? Why do you think? No, why do you think sharing it matters? Because that's a big thing that we do. You know, that's the whole point. Well, I think of our podcast is to use people's stories in order to help other people grow in their self awareness and their understanding of themselves and to not feel alone. So, yeah. what do you think was so important about you getting to be on stage or write? And share that part of your life um, because I think I, I think you and I agree on this. I think that um, 
everything we experience, everything we go through, everything God allows us to endure on our race is meant to be shared. I think that if we keep it, and I don't think that everything is meant to be shared at All the every time. time. Yeah. But I do believe that, you know, the Spirit can lead us to know what we're supposed to share at certain times. And I believe that every woman, every man, everything, everybody on the race deserves to hear what you've went through because I think they can relate to it somehow. And I yeah. feel like sometimes relatability is what makes us able to like turn the mirror backward, like look yes. at ourselves yeah. and like say, it's mirror. I'm not sure. alone. Number yeah. one, number two, they've been through this and they got through it. Yeah. And God worked, worked that, that bad for good, whether Absolutely. whatever the part of the story is, whether it be death or, 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 I mean, you know, it could be anything sure. in your story. Loss, grief. Yeah. Loss, anything grief, hard. anything. And so like, Listening to somebody, especially when you're in the midst of it, mm-hmm. be on the other side. And I've been there. Yes. And people have shared their stories with me. I think it just, those people have made such a profound impact on my life that I have always felt like it's selfish to keep your stuff to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it I is. feel like it's a selfish thing because God gives you these experiences because you are, I mean, it's in scripture. We are called yes. to go out and share that. It's like, it's, you know, it's not like a major commandment, but that's what God calls us today. Sure. The spirit, I think will, you know. Sometimes put you in check on that. Like, Absolutely. hey, it's time to share that. And, you know, that's what the uh, the Bible says, that we go through trials of many kinds so that we can be comforted mm-hmm. in order to comfort those Others. around us. Yes, and I, I think I remember the first time I shared my story quoting that exact scripture. Yeah, yeah. So. And I think that, like, you, you use the word mirror, and... I've talked a lot about self-awareness in coaching and spiritual direction and mentoring. All those self-awareness is to me, apart from knowing God, the second most incredibly important task that we have as human beings on this earth, because knowing ourselves helps us to then better love other people. Well, yeah, right? and, serve, and, so, and serve God. Yeah, right. For right. Sure. And that's the triangle of life is God, us, others, God, mm-hmm. us, others. And if we don't know ourselves and if we don't, try our best to be the best version of ourselves, then we're not going to love others well. I mean, we're just not because we're not going to know our weak spots. Well, it's going to come out of selfishness and out of self, you know, just, yeah, yeah I think it just, what they can they give me? What can I do for me? What yes. can, if you're not aware of what this relationship even means or what, even I mean, self-awareness of your relationship with Christ, with your Absolutely. relationship with your spouse, relationship with your children, you have to be aware of that if you're of your mouth, of your heart, of your mind, like what's going on there. Yeah. And why you're doing what you're doing. I don't do that. What is the goal? I definitely struggle with it. I'm not going to say that. I think we all do as humans. Yes. Yes. Because at the core of our heart, I mean, you can even look at newborns and they're born selfish, right? They're born selfish. God love them. We love them, but they're born selfish. We are naturally bent towards a selfish nature. And then everything in our development, our personality development is built around how can I feel safe? How can I feel loved? What do I need to do, become, say, feel? Well, and culture teaches us In order to get what I need. Yeah, well, culture teaches us Get everything you need. Fill yourself mm-hmm. up with with everything, which right. is a dream for me. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But, um, it teaches us to quickly get what we need, like self gratification, quick yes. gratification, like self gratification, quick, do it quickly. Yeah. And what can other people do for us? That's just yeah. what culture teaches us to yeah. do. It teaches our children that. Right. I mean, I see it so much in my kids. Yes. Even at an we're early sure. age. It's well, like that crazy. just goes to show, yeah. too, that we're born with yes, that. Yes, definitely. That we're, ever since, you know, we're between the moment at creation where God called everything good 
till now during the season where it's all falling apart until we get to be in heaven with Jesus again. This is our battle is selfishness, mm-hmm. self-centeredness. Yes. And I can't stress enough, and I don't know on the last podcast when I shared about humility, um, there is a difference between self-awareness and self-centeredness. Yeah. And self-centeredness only looks at oneself without even kind of asking hard questions. We just want to feed whatever is there. Self-awareness really observes our behaviors and our choices and our words, but mostly our motivations behind those things, and then says, what can I do to be a better version of myself? What is that? What does that motivation look like? Where does that coming from? Why am I afraid right now? Why am I angry? Well, there's always right a bigger, now. bigger there's issue. Always a bigger. I mean, with issue. anything, like if you're angry, if you're sad, like where is that coming from? Right. So, and I think, and a self-aware person tries to figure it out to do better for others. A selfish person only wants for themselves. A yeah. self-centered person only yes. wants for themselves. Yeah. So. Okay, you have... I'm getting a little lesson, too. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I eat, sleep, and breathe this. And sometimes, you know, as I'm just transparency, I want everybody else to be excited about this is me because really focusing on loving God well and knowing myself better has... It's the it's the thing that has led me to the, where I am today, and, and it always makes my life better. Even though it's hard in the moment, it helps my life daily get better and and I think the wrestling is so good it's so hard but my marriage is better because of it my friendships are better because that's what I've you know yeah. you know yeah. our conversations that's what I've been recently working on is my friendships yes and then my parenting's better because of it and so that's where we we I want to come to your story is that you have you're no stranger to this right you have been in what a five-year process of self becoming more self-aware and so that you can improve on who you are, how you love God and how you love others. Yeah, I would definitely say that, you know, God really started working on me after my mom passed away, but I still... When was that? Do you remember the day? Yes, yes, it was January 31st, um, and it will be seven years this coming January, so six and a half years ago. um, She got, actually six and a half years ago in a couple of days, she got diagnosed on July 9th, and then she died. With cancer. Yes, with cancer, and then died on January 31st. But I still feel like during that time, God was so present with me, but I still feel like I was not my healthy a healthy version of myself at that time. Um, and so it did still take me, I'd say, and I, that's when I wrote for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a, I was talking about breaking. Yes. So I'm like, you know, just kind of like I was just basically stuck. And I had spent like a year and a half of my life just being stuck in one spot and not moving forward through anything because I did not want to feel the pain After of any died. of that. Yeah. Like I wanted to just push it and suppress it. And then it was like I finally thought like God kind of just broke through yeah. and he got me unstuck. And that was what I kind of first started telling my, you know, my story Let about me just that. stop you here because two things. First of all, we're podcasting at Steph's house. So you're going to hear life going on around us. You'll hear kids banging on the doors. You'll hear a lawnmower. (laughs) We are not in the studio. We do not have mics. So you're going to hear all real life. life. Um, But number two, let me just ask you this. Because grief looks different for everybody. Yes. Um, There's a lot of pressure on people to move past 
their grief in a certain amount of time. And what we're going to talk about today um, in the resource portion of self-awareness is the Enneagram. You guys know it's one of my favorite resources. I have others that I'm going to talk about in, in upcoming podcasts, but we're going to start with this one because I appreciate it as the most complex as a thing that accepts the complexity of humanity more than any other personality yes. test that I've ever come in contact with. And so what I was going to say is that a lot of times people feel pressure to move past grief quickly because the world around you has moved on. But what you're saying is, is even because of the way that your personality is wired, you didn't even start grieving until a year had passed. Yeah, and then even then, like I felt like I was becoming unstuck and starting to feel. And just starting. It was like I was thawing. And like, so imagine if somebody was pressuring you at six months, why are you still sad? Or Stephanie, why are you, you know, asking you why? Yes. Like a lot of people do with the grief process. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've watched, I mean, I've watched that. My sister and I, since we, you know, lost our mom together, and so it was kind of, I say neat, but it was, it was, it was great to have someone that exactly understood how I felt. Yeah. And so I could process with my sister, you know, because sometimes when you lose a parent, if you don't have a sibling or if you have a, like the opposite sex of a sibling or whatever, it's like, you don't really have anybody to talk. You don't yeah, have anybody to so talk lovely. to. Grief is so um, Cause I could talk to Matt yeah. and Matt was like, I mean, my mom was like his person, but she still wasn't her, his mother. You right. know what I mean? Yes. And so like the grief, like the level of grief with him was, you know, there it was high, just like me. So we could grieve together, but it was more, anyway, it's nice to be able to talk to her about it, but I still felt like I just didn't like, we talked about like with other friends, like watching them lose parents. Like our hardest thing was like you said, when the world moved on and we did not, um, you know, cause it's, everybody's there for you in the funeral and the, and you know, the few weeks after that, and then everybody goes back to their normal lives, but your life is still like what happened. It's almost like a tornado. And then the aftermath of everybody's helping and then everybody's gone, and I still have to pick up all this debris and all yes. this stuff. And so that's how we felt. It was like and that's gonna everybody's gone, and that's going to be influenced by your personality, yes. by how who you are inside and what motivates you in your life in general. It's yeah. going to motivate you in your grief, or in your joy, or in your excitement. And the thing that I love about the Enneagram is because the more we know about it, and the more we know about other people, keeping this in mind. I could have looked at you and said, I'm going to go ahead and say you're an Enneagram 7. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. But I would have been able to look at you and say, Stephanie's a 7. That means that she is going to stuff her face with as much joy as she can, whatever will take her mind off of this, so that she doesn't have to feel pain. And I'm going to have to wait for her to get done with this and crash. And that's when I need to step in and be there for Stephanie. Because she's not going to set, she's not going to, listen to me. She's not going to listen to anybody because until she's ready to experience that pain, she's not going to do it. But when she's ready, she's going to need me because it's going to be a dark hole or she's going to need somebody because it's going to be a dark hole. Which is what is neat because like, well, or I know we're going to get to the Enneagram, but what is, which is what is neat in learning that just in the last, over the last couple of years. But before that, I saw the pattern. Like, the pattern, I just didn't know what that pattern meant. Right. Um, I mean, I saw the fact that anything I went through I mean, even in adolescence, like anything I went through in high school, college, first years of marriage, anything, if there was something hard, I was not, I was going to do anything and everything I could not to feel that emotional pain or deal with that emotional pain. So you would have saw me and you would have never known anything was going on. And I've had, I mean, friends have said, I mean, you've said, like, I remember calling y'all years ago, like you or Sarah or whatever and saying, hey, like... 
I am avoiding it. Like, it's yeah. like I just avoid and then all of a sudden yeah. I crash. Yes. And it's like a pattern of just repeating and repeating. Yes. I don't know what I'm doing, but then it's like I crash. And sometimes I'll allow myself to crash for five minutes. Yes. And I'll feel it for five minutes and it is so deep yes. of pain yeah. and hurt that I'm like, I can't even go five more minutes deeper. Right. I'm done. Right. Back to, I've got to, I'm not doing this it's anymore. Too, much, too hard. It's too much, too hard. I'm not yeah. doing it. And so I've seen that pattern over my life. And it was like, I feel like the spirit, like, God was so gracious in that to show me that pattern over, even when I didn't even know anything about the Enneagram. Right. But I, like the Lord just totally worked through me and in me, like just to show me that pattern, just to be self-aware. Yeah. That was a pattern that I was experiencing. I had no idea how to deal with it. Yeah. I was unhealthy, but I saw the unhealthiness. Like I was self-aware of right. that pattern so I could look for it more. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's go there then yeah. and talk about the discovery of the pattern yeah. because that's really where my heart and passion lies. Um, it's in the story. I believe that our story is the most powerful tool that we have to become healthier versions of ourselves, to see um, the, the disruptive patterns and unhealthy patterns in our life, to see our strengths and gifts, and also so that we can then be on mission with the gospel of Jesus, because we're all walking examples of gospel, yes. right? Of grace. Yes. And then even you saying like using our gifts and things, that's another thing is I felt like for years I was too much for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And I felt myself apologizing for who I was. Yeah. And like, I know, like I said, we're going to get to the Enneagram, but I feel like the Enneagram gave me like, I know, I mean, and with the, with through the gospel, sure. not the Enneagram in its own, it's but just with the gospel, the tool of, like the tool of the Enneagram used along with what God says, who God says I am. Yes. And who God loves me. He loves me no matter what. Like he made me. Mm-hmm. And it helps he, you give yourself grace, he delights, right? yes, yes. He delights in me and yes. who I am. And I do not, not to, I do not need to apologize <laughs> for who God made me to be. Yeah. And he but made me have loud and to be the healthiest yes, version of that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But I don't have to apologize to others for who I am. Right. Absolutely. And for the longest time, I think, I think I, um, you know, apologize to myself or to others for being too much. Yeah. And yeah. I wasn't able to ever fully be myself. And I was, it, it was, it was just a lot. And I think I got tired of apologizing. Yeah. And I got tired of, you know, feeling like people didn't like me because I was too much. Well, when you go through hard in your life, when you go through, I, and, I said in the last podcast, unfortunately, nine times out of ten, most people become self-aware because of a crisis, right, or yeah. trauma. And my goal is to help people become self-aware and learn how to do practices to increase self-awareness and God awareness that they're not going to have to go through a trauma or crisis to experience that. And then they'll be ready when the crisis or trauma comes to help to handle it in a healthier way. That's, that's really my overall goal in all of this. They can see Jesus more. They can have more grace on their lives and themselves and others. They can love people better. Um, they won't be taken out when the trauma comes. They won't lose their faith in God when the trauma comes. And that's my goal is kind of preemptively create self-awareness. Um, that did not happen for me. I did not become self-aware until after trauma. It took, tra- it took trauma and crisis. You also had to undergo, unfortunately, a lot of suffering yes. before you have come to this realization and awareness. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to talk through, um, first, 
your experiences, what you did during those experiences, then when you came to discover the Enneagram and how that has reinforced anything, kind of like what you're saying with the patterns, what you've already learned. And so your mom was the start. Would you agree with that? Like the trigger point of your adult crisis yes probably yes definitely that um, was the first we all have hurt our trauma past. i've ever you know like that yeah. was the you know people lose people like grandparents yeah. and i mean we're, people lots of people are really close to their grandparents and yeah. that's a huge loss but i know there's not a level of how close you can be to certain mm-hmm. people because some people's grandparents are their parents but for me losing a person that was so fundamental in my life and such a a friend and a companion like we Everything. i talked to my mom Every day, yeah. seven times a day. Like, you know, and not all people have that relationship with their mother, but I did. Yeah. And so she lived three houses down. Like, my life yeah. and my husband and my daughter's life. She cons- was such an integral yes, part of it. Yes, she of was just weaved into everything yeah. and anything that we did. And so to, like, for that to be taken away from me so fast and so abruptly, yeah. it, it was, yeah. I, I think that it really that kind changed of, me. It did. It I changed agree. who I am. It changed my innermost, th- you know, like yeah. everything about me and how I am weaved together. <laughs> where do you think your spiritual, because that was the first trauma in a series that yes. we're going to talk about, but where do you think your spiritual health was at that point? Oh, if I'm honest, I had a relationship with Christ. I had a great relationship with Christ. I feel like I knew who he was. I don't think I knew who he thought I was. Mm. Um, I don't think I fully knew what grace was. I don't think I fully knew who the real Jesus was. I loved God. I was devoted to like to living for Him, telling people about Him, those kind of things. And and, and I think at that point, for all that, that I had never been through, like I really believe that as we go through traumas, our relationship with Christ grows and changes and molded Absolutely. because we see more. Like he reveals himself more in those times. Well, unfortunately, suffering is the currency of the kingdom. It's the gospel, sister. You know it what I mean? That's is. exactly what he's. I mean, I mean, nature yeah. is evidence that suffering is just the currency of the kingdom. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, yes. But so is love and grace. I remember crying more on my grace knees. Where suffering abounds, right? I remember crying on my knees one time, girl, and saying, "Okay, God, I can grow not in suffering." <laughs> like I remember. That's what I'm hoping we can crying, like going. Yeah. I don't you don't have Stop. to keep doing these big things Stop. to me anymore. I will yeah. I will grow not in this. Yeah. But it was a lot that's when I was growing. God yeah. was like, I'm working on you. I know this sucks. Yeah. But I'm working in you and you have to use it. Like yeah. use it. And I think that's where I got to. So you lost your mom and then how many years later? Well, um, well, we had suffered through infertility for years. Yeah. Even through the midst of all that, I had had my first miscarriage the month before okay. my mom I passed did not away. My mom that soon before. Yes, in June that year, that month before she was diagnosed, um, I had had my first miscarriage. Um, but we had suffered through infertility for about four years before that, mm-hmm. um, just not being able to get pregnant, yeah. and then had our first miscarriage, and then. Through all of that with my mom, it just wasn't a thought. Like I didn't really, I didn't really grieve. I grieved that, but it was, it was. There was so much going on. Yeah, that was not even like in the midst of my grieving process. Like it just wasn't something I was thinking about. Yeah. And so then, after mom passed away, you know, I just lived in a fog for a while, to be honest with you. you. And I think you it lived was in the gym. Yeah. Oh, I lived in the gym for sure. I that was my. That. I had to fill myself up, girl. Something I had to. I had to be able to control something, yep. and that was I could control my body. Yeah. I can control that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. That was my outlet. Um, but it was in um, 2014, 
um, actually it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Eve of 2014 when I found out that we had lost our son Matthew. Um, the first first one I had carried, you know, far enough along to actually know the sex and sure. know the things or whatever. And so we lost him. Uh, we found out on December 31st of 2014, so almost 2015, um, that we lost our son. And that was, yeah, that was real hard. I, I, that was a, that was a, that was a big moment. Mm-hmm. That was a big yeah. one. That was a lot like, okay, here's something else yeah. that I'm going to have to grieve through. I've already, like, I haven't even grieved this other a lot, huge loss, and then yeah. here's another one. Like, I had yeah. to lose my baby, too, you yeah. know? And so it was big. It, w- it was a big, it was a, it was a trauma. Yeah. And it was hard. And I just remember thinking, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, we were in the middle of doing foster care at the time, too, yeah. and we had a two-month-old, which is now my son, but we had a... Um, a two-month-old in the hospital with bacterial meningitis yep, at the I time. I almost watched him die. Like, he was blue and lifeless when I found him in his crib. And literally while we were in the hospital at Le Bonner was when I found out I was pregnant with Matthew at that time. Mm. And I really felt like God had finally, like, I really, me and Matt both were like, God has answered a prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, we are living for him and we're doing, you know, we're we're glorifying his kingdom we're doing all this stuff and he has finally blessed us with Mm -hmm. a child like it was like we just knew that this was it like we were this was our baby and we had I think we we never feared losing him even though before we would have feared it the whole time and so there was just like no like God has given us this child it's so great and I remember going into every one of my ultrasounds and saying to myself in the bathroom right before I go into the ultrasound I would say if not He's still good. Mm. Like I say that every time. Every time I would tell myself, if not, because every time I would go into ultrasound, I was like, okay, it's, it's going to be great. Everything's going to be great. But if not, he's still good. But never telling myself that, but never fully thinking that something was going to go wrong. Right. And then when it did, I questioned, is he really good? Yeah. I don't think he is. Because that's what happens when we come to I don't think crisis. he's good. I think I'm lying to myself. Like, yeah. if not, he's not good. He's yeah. still not, he's not good. Like, I don't. Right. And so that's when I really struggled with who God was to me and and, and I thought I knew who he was, and I thought I knew who I was until I really had to question whether or not he was really good. So that's where you were. You were at, and for sevens on the Enneagram, you're Enneagram seven. Sevens on the Enneagram, just to tell you a little bit about them, are joy seekers. They, they're, um, what is it? Their deadly sin is gluttony. gluttony. They feed themselves to not feel um, right, mm-hmm. love anything joyful, spontaneous, anything that will bring a positive feeling as and cancel out the negative. Negative, yeah. Our core right. fear is to feel any kind, like to be stuck in emotional pain. So it's to kind our of like you're on a, an emotional antidepressant all the time. Yes, right. And then if you take away the antidepressant, you crash mm-hmm. to the deepest, darkest hole. Oh, it's real dark because it's like. It's like the version of positive that you're looking for, the opposite of that is equally the extreme. Yes, and for right? seven that has not been healthy her whole life until recently, 
has a lot of emotional pain down there. A lot. It's like a whole black hole. And so if you even dive in an inch in, it's too hard to bear. Right. So when you're thinking about really going in there and diving and digging and seeing why it it's there. A, a choice that you're willing to do. Yes. Otherwise you, you have to be an alcoholic or a drug addict yes, or a shopaholic you have to be, or a sex addict. Yeah. Or I mean, you're, you're going to find something to fill yourself up. Right. And so you are going to do anything you can not to deal with any of that and to make yourself feel good. Right. So now you're creeping to the hole. Yeah. You're creeping to the bottomless pit now. I'm feeling it all. you've lost your mom. Yeah. You've lost your baby. You're creeping on the edges of that hole, but that's not what sent you in yet. Yeah, no. No, no, no. The next season of life is what sent you in. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? I mean, well, we to be, just to be, you know, transparent and blunt, it's not completely my story of my own. Right. So it's not something that it is, I'm at that point in my life where it's not a story mm-hmm. that I'm ready to share yet. I don't feel like God's really called it to be shared completely, but I will just say that there was a marriage trauma. Yeah. Um, and in the midst of a lot of other emotional pain, when your marriage gets hit, yes, it's like, then I suffered with identity altogether. Yes. Because, because it was like, when I was wondering yes. if God was good, I found my identity in the fact that my Life was good. Yes. My husband, I was good. Don't Marriage is great. That, My yes. kids are great. I'm yes. a great mom. I'm a great wife. I got a foster Everything. Child. Yeah, I'm foster. I'm a foster yeah. mom serving Christ. Um, working at the church. I'm serving children's ministry. Like, I found my identity in all these places. And then when there's a trauma that hits, yes. it rocks all that identity. And then you're like, who am I? I have this picture in my head of you dangling over an abyss. And there's a string holding that you're holding on to that says on the string, marriage, mom, churchgoer, friend. And that's the positivity that you've been pouring, like the things that you pour yourself into that you get worth that's keeping you from dropping into the abyss. And it snapped. Yeah, it did. And it I mean, essentially snapped. Yeah, I mean, it was, I, and it snapped in the middle of, which backtrack a little bit, I was six months pregnant right. with our next son yes. that I had ended up, that God had graciously blessed me with yeah. when I did not even want to go through any of that yeah. again. That pregnancy, yeah. and the, I'm in that pregnancy, and it has already been horrible. Yeah. I have, you know, without being any kind of marriage marriage problem, any kind of pregnancy problem that yes. you can have in a pregnancy, I had with my son that is actually alive and well. Mm-hmm. He's running around acting like a crazy person in there right, right now. now. But I carried him to term, but this was literally two months to the day that I had lost Matthew I found out I was pregnant with my Layton. So crazy. And so I'm oh, not even still even, no, and I have a foster son yes. that we're in the midst of trying to adopt. That was I'm, another crisis. Yes, there was another crisis area yeah. that is another trauma that we that hit us afterwards. I'm telling you, my whole life is just one big trauma sometimes. But that's what I'm saying. That yeah. rope mm-hmm. was your identity, yes. right? It was, I'm a good wife. I've got a good family. I've got a, I'm, I'm going to adopt this child. I'm going to have a healthy child. Like, these are the things that I'm holding on to because God wasn't trustworthy at that point yes. for you. And there's an abyss you're looking down at. Mm-hmm. And so your knuckles are white holding on to this rope, and it's snapped in Well, that's half. what I'm saying. Instead of finding my worth in Christ, I was finding my worth in my family. For sure. For sure. And then when my family, when, you know, with anybody, with anybody that knows that's ever had a marriage trauma, regardless of what that is. Right. When you have that, it's like, huh? Like yes. you wait, you're like, what? Is my whole life a lie? Yeah. Like everything I've ever believed and everything I've ever thought, is that a lie? So who am yeah. I? 
So we're going to stop here and come back with Stephanie Cole and talk about what happens when you go into the abyss as a seven and how you get out and what that experience and journey was like for her. Because we all have an abyss. It's just how we cope with it and get out that we want to help you with. You're going to end up in one at some point in order to come out on the other side healthier and more whole. And I'm excited to share Stephanie's journey out on our next on the journey with because I made it out sister stay tuned I'm coming out yay (laughs) Um, as always guys please come back and join us next week and encourage one another daily as long as it's called today thanks guys thank you Steph we'll talk to you next week yes